Welcome back to 1010 Podcast with Michael and Adam and Robbie. Let's Barely. kick it off. I have Barely. A, you're here. Welcome back Barely. to the number one Time Attack, time attack podcast. podcast. Yeah, we'll get to that. Before we do Time we Attack a, stuff. We have a letter? We have a letter. Mark? Yes. Did Tim says, write a letter to go with the water? Yeah. It's so painfully, Tim. It says, dear, I love Tim. dear I like sirs. Yeah. Tim's so good. Dear sirs of the fractional tens, I have experienced <laughs> firsthand... Your propensity for drinking fine water, I would like to bestow upon you a sampling of exquisite waters from Bath, England. Included are your typical offerings of still and sparkling water. Please be, please ensure Adam, Sir Adam, oh, goes God. full 10 tenths and evaluates both options. Cheers, Tim. <coughs> He's going to the UK again this I love week. Nice. Sirs of the fractional tenths. The fractional that, tenths. That's my new favorite thing. So I've got two bottles. And it's called Bath Water. Bath Water. And he obviously explained why it's called Bath Water, because it's from Bath, England. It's just spring water, oh, but it's God. from Bath. Oh, Funny name. And it's in a glass, et cetera. glass it's bottle. It's in a glass bottle. Uh, this is the sparkling one. Strong from organic land. Do you know that, that sometimes hot chicks sell their bath water on the internet? Dude, they sell some weird stuff on yeah. the internet. Did you know I just a, got you. It's really upsetting that that's a thing. There's one, there's one behind your computer, Robbie. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, was, I was trying to hold it for you. Oh. Yeah, people sell weird. How shit. rude of me! No, it's what it's not weird that they sell it. It's weird that people buy it. I think a little bit of both. If someone wanted to buy my toenail clippings, I'd sell it. Guess, it's weird. It's weird that they buy it. Absolutely not, Robbie. No, if someone wants to buy it, they can have it. All right. Well, on the group, and I got asked for toenails. I got I got race car things to buy. If someone wants to buy uh, weird shit off if me, you, be if my you guess. decide that you want to buy Robbie's toenails, please make that a private message to Robbie and not we don't want to know about page. it. Actually, let's do it on the group in public. Leave no. me out of that. We don't want any part of it. We can negotiate prices later. I am for sale. I have a race car to build. <laughs> I've had a drink while we were talking about Robbie's toenails. It's uh, it's sparkling water. Sparkling bath water? To be fair. Is it flavored? It's not flavored. Uh, oh, I don't know how people drink this with a straight face. I wish I had flavored. It's not bad. It's kind Would of you like, like a, some still water? It's like a LaCroix, but it doesn't have any of the, don't have the fun parts of it. Get through it. I poured you a very small amount. You did. You did pour me less, though. To be fair, you can have that. Oh. I got this. I don't need. Yeah, oh, right. so bad. I'm, I'm glad I brought just take the whole thing with here. today. Oh, yeah, have there some we regular go. water. I'll chase it with some some regular bath water. Well, uh, resoundingly, it tastes like water. Yeah, I was hoping it would. Every time I get a sparkling water, I always expect some sort of aftertaste, flavor, something. So it's, that's what disappoints me about it. It's a very clean, crisp water. It's crisp water. It's crisp. No, so weird. So like fairly fine bubbles, but it is it does have quite a bit of carbonation. The place it I does. work at provides cases of water for us to drink, and we just sure. buy, they just buy like V water by the pallet load, and we get that it's their branded water. Hy-Vee's our local grocery store, right? Yep. And it tastes strongly of chlorine, and when no. it's when it's not when it's just like room temperature and not actually not kept cold, it's so hard to drink. Bath water is not that way though. Bath water is good. It's very. It's very, it's very clean tasting. Yeah. clean finish. There's no weird. I always thought it was weird. I mean, I get why, but the, that they put chlorine in our water occasionally. Yeah, or fluoride. Well, maybe fluoride's that's what a it is. Thing. I don't know. I don't. But it's got a chemically taste to it. Yeah, yeah. it's got a weird that's chemically a, aftertaste. Nah, it's just the minerals. It's good for you. No, it's organic. No, <laughs> that's why you don't have British person teeth. Yep. When I, when I first saw this and it true. said bath water, I didn't realize it was from Bath, England. I thought. There's just some gimmick. Right. Yeah. It is a little gimmicky. I mean, that's well, kind of that's, the point. Well, it's from Bath, so it's a little better, but... Whoa. How much would you hate to live in a town called Bath? He lives in a town called Coming. Coming. It's with way, a U. 
this the title of this being called Bathwater reminded me of the shot come in a hot tub. Because that's what I figured it would be like. It's just some like weird that, joke. Is that something that's served at the coming bar or no, what? No, well, it's oh, served okay. at every bar. I've it never is, heard of this before. It's half if I was a bartender, I would not serve it to you. <laughs> I, under come under again principle. I, I can't drink it. Even when I was drinking, I couldn't drink it. Right, yeah, yeah. So it You're is. You're probably going to get kicked off YouTube if you bring that picture up. No, it's fine. What so, is it? It is a shot. Okay. Half vodka, half rum, and a couple shots of Bailey. Or a little drips of Bailey. Some oh, and so in the drips. Drizzle, and drizzle. Look, oh, that's disgusting. It, it looks Isn't like, that gross? It looks like jism in a hot tub. That's so gross. <laughs> that's what I thought this was. It's like Why? from Who the best of Who comes up with this shit? <laughs> drunks. Yeah, professional alcoholics. <laughs> professional drunks. <laughs> I don't approve bartenders. Of bartenders. Well, maybe not a bartender. That sounds like something stupid that some moron came up with in his. Basement. If I was, if I was going to drink that, I would require that it be made on top of the bar. They could watch it. Yes, <laughs> I think that's fair of any drink. <laughs> you I think there's probably you don't some... make that with your back turned to me. I want to see you make. I want. That. I think that should be just a general rule for all well, that's, drinks. That's not, all drinks. That's not like unfair either. But that one in specific, an absolute requirement. We actually had a conversation on whether or not I should bring that up. I made a joke. That's fine. You, I made a you got through it. It wasn't was so bad. About it. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. It's gross, though. It is gross. <laughs> Super you gross. You know what it is. It's still gross. <laughs> it's weird. Yep. But this bathwater's good. The bathwater's good. Yeah. I'll give him that. I don't know that it was worth him bringing it all the way over <laughs> here from England, but... We haven't had a water in a while, though. I know, but... So well, I appreciate A that. few people have them. It's just a matter of us getting connected with yep. them. We have one that you'll hate. I can't wait. I'm going to love it. Is it like some sort of extreme hoppy refresher or what? No. Did S- Scott hook us up? Was, is he like making a hoppy refresher? No, just no, to, no, no. Just no. no Scott's, out of, Scott's out of the biz. I figured he'd be doing it in his closet like everybody else. No. no. Scott's oh, okay. Scott's just a, a consumer and an admirer at this point. Oh, that seems way less stressful. Yeah, no, there's I you know there's not any money in making beer on a small scale. No, probably not. There's too many people trying. He's going to argue with me about this, but <laughs> I think there's too many people in the market trying to make beer out of you know like a shop. Dude, there's so many of them just in this town. Like I realize that we have a large number of hipsters per capita, but we have a ton of local breweries that just make their own stuff and sell it out of their front door. It's crazy. Yeah, I didn't realize that the the coming the distillery. Yeah. The one, yeah, the one coming. Um. They do a batch a month. Yeah. And it sells out the first day. Yeah. That's their business model. There's one of those right down the street from Katie's mom's that's, house. That's in crazy to me. Bancroft, Iowa. And it's like in the old dentist's office. And but, now it's a distillery and it's the same way. Yeah, Mason City's got one too. Small distilleries. Everyone's, everyone's got one. Are, in my experience, not that great. I don't know if there's something about scale. Some of it's experience and aging that you can't do when it's that small, you know? Tell that to Templeton. Yeah, but Templeton's been around for a long time. Templeton's huge. Yeah, they're not a small deal anymore. No, that's not small. They built a they don't, giant building. They don't even make it here anymore. No? I don't believe so. Mm. Somebody can fact check me on that, so but I don't said, think they make I it here I know somebody, anymore. yeah, I think, yeah, Thomas, Thomas just went and toured it. Not Were long. they making it there? I didn't They ask, might be making small batches there, but they're not like producing oh, I didn't ask at, at a high level there, is what that I heard. Would, that wouldn't at all surprise me. No, not even a little bit. Anywho, yeah. that was your water. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, Much appreciated. It's good. That I'm, might be I'm my refreshed. favorite letter we've ever gotten as well. We keep it. That's right it's up very there. English. We can hang it on the wall. I like Sirs of the Fractional Tenths. 
That's Surge is the fractional tens. 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 We yeah. are fractional tens. We are tens. We're fractional tens. Word up, Robbie. I needed that today. Does it make you. you feel better? We're all tens. <laughs> Let's get Adam Jabay on here and bring us all back down again. <laughs> nah, he always makes. He lifts my spirits. That's good. He's a good time. He said he wanted to come back on here for. I don't know why, but just to hang out because we're think, friends. I think that's he needs to is. come through Iowa and then hang out with us and be on the show live. That'd be way better. We haven't figured out how to do that though. Austin Cabot texted me last time he was in town. No, I mean like he was where, driving through. But where are we gonna put a fourth person? We could fit more people here. This is gonna be so stick them in the corner. That's like right scoot here, over. You know, between my armpit and my hand, right here. Just mm-hmm. hug it out a little bit. The whole time, you guys can just hug and share a mic. Uh, yeah, we could do that, or I could just hold his hand. That'd be a little lot better, I think, because then I'm not leaning. You gotta do what you gotta do to get the hug, Robbie. I suppose if I hold his hand for an hour, does that count as a hug? No. 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 All right, fair enough. If he steps into Michael's house and does not hug you at that point, I'm done with this podcast. That's rude. I'm done with it's I'm very done with rude. good life. I can't go. <laughs> the director disrespected me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except you're the time attack director now for the DMVR. I got, so I got yeah, my own time attack them. to you're deal with. You're a competitor. No, nah, we're not competitors. Allies. You got to deal with them, though. Yeah, we're allies. I agree with Under. that statement. It's professional only at that point. Yeah, when they sell out, they can send them my way. That's how it works. It's not a bad plan. Grid life, grid life sold out, but there's an event in St. Louis this weekend. Huh? Huh? Just yeah. go to St. Louis. Robbie just wants to race at Gateway all every weekend. That's not true. I want to race at Hell out every weekend. Oh, well, that's fair. <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> that's fair. All right, Adam, what do you got for your opener, sir? Uh, so last weekend uh, was my favorite event of the year that I've never gotten to attend and is highly on my bucket list, World Time Attack Challenge. And because we are the, the number one Time Attack podcast, we need to talk about the number one Time Attack event. So yeah. um, there's a, a website called Inside Time Attack, who's uh, I'm kind of stealing their, their article. So thank you, Inside Time Attack. Um, I don't know who it is that runs it, but he is deeply embedded in the time attack world, in especially the Australian time attack world. And so, like following him along uh, this last week was pretty cool. So, um, but they put together kind of a spotter's guide for the pro and pro am classes, and then they also did one for open, which we're not going to cover because it's way too many cars. Even though that's a lot of cars, arguably, I kind of like the open class better. Because there's some cooler cars in there, and there's more cars in there, which yeah, is kind of, of interesting. But uh, this this is like so, like you know, we've seen a lot of um, a lot of pretty what we think as pretty wild time attack cars, right? Sure. James's car, Will's yeah. car, uh, Pro Awesome's car, yep. you know, all those. Yep. You know, I've seen life motorsports, GTR, stuff like that. Like, and life is on this list cause they were there this year, but right. like, I don't, most of those cars are pretty tame in comparison to, which is crazy to think to some of the cars that are on this list. Right. So, um, certainly, uh, these are all shop cars. Whereas, um, you know, Will and James and those guys, those guys are privateers individuals building cars granted they have sponsorship packages and i have no idea what the the economies of that is but i'm sure that they're not small sums of money but they're still not you know international company shop cars right so 
there is a there is a difference there, and uh, hopefully North American Time Attack gets to that point at some point, but we're not quite to where the Australian guys are yet. So to me, that's what makes this even more interesting is is the level that these cars are at. Every single one of these cars is professionally uh, designed aerodynamics packages. Their cars are not built uh, in fragments. You know, they're everything is built uh, as a package with a purpose. Yep. Every every little nook and cranny has been thought of. Every little thing has been from the splitter to the diffuser. Right. They know it, exactly it all, where the air is going. Yes, and then like even though you know where the engine ends up in the car uh, is all planned out as part of the aero package. Right. So like these these cars, there's there's something else. So uh, we're just gonna roll through this um, and kind of talk about uh, some of the things in these cars. There's Porsches on this list. There's yes. Evos on this list. Nice. There's S chassis on this list. Yes. There's SR20s on this list. No. If you want to call them that, we'll get there, Robbie. <laughs> Let's do this. Where are we at? So first up, uh, scroll down a little farther, Robbie. He's got a little uh, intro. The guy that wrote this, uh, his name is Andrew Brilliant. He is one of the biggest names in aerodynamic design. Yep. A handful of the cars on this list, he designed himself. Wow. So, um, you know, he's, he's no slouch, uh, but he kind of went through this and he, he rated cars on different things. I mostly just want to talk about the cars cause the event is already over. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. Uh, the first car on this list, the one that actually won this year and won last year currently holds the lap record at Sydney Motorsports Park is one or the tin top record as they call it. Yep. The, uh, is one tenth of a second off of Nico Rosberg's Formula Two overall lap record? Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> the RP nine six eight. So that's crazy. Air quotes, Porsche. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nine six eight chassis. It's not um, really a Porsche anymore. No. Uh, really so anymore. Pro Class. They, I've never actually read like deeply through their um, class rules for uh, world time attack. But I know that they still have to have some level of factory chassis. There's like a percentage and the rest of it can like be two. It has to be like, you know I mean, it like has to have the car is rails. all but a tube frame chassis with like the floor pan and firewall. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, so yeah, the quarter, yeah, the quarter panels might be somewhat. No, that car is top <laughs> to bottom, one hundred and fifty percent carbon fiber. Yes, it's the best. So, uh, I I can't substantiate any numbers. I've read three to four million dollars to build uh, worth of oh, uh, wow yeah, build and development in that car. Wow. So that car has a motor that we have seen the last two years at PRI. I have freaked out about it both years. I don't know that you guys grasped what was going Probably on not. there. Um, that has a four-liter billet mm. four-cylinder in it made by uh, a group called Elmer Racing, which is in some Scandinavian country that I don't remember off the top of my head now. Uh, they call it Thor. Okay. Uh, they claim that it's more than capable of making 2,000 horsepower <laughs> in a uh, time attack package and more than that in a drag car package. Wow. Uh, it's it's a it's a deal, so yeah, it's all billet, God, head dang. block the whole nine yards. I don't. It's good. I mean, it's all good. Yeah. So this was one of the first cars I ever saw, um, that effectively used instead of making the the big kind of uh, 
trend right now is moving away from using splitters and actually using wings as as the front oh, package. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it looks like a splitter to someone who doesn't really know what they're looking at, but that's a wing on the front of that car, and the air is ducted through the car and up over it and all that stuff. And, and like, it's they don't even call them splitters anymore. They call them wings. Yep. So, um that was funny. They made a t-shirt that I wish I could have bought, but I think they were only selling there. Uh, and it had a course map or a, a track map, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And turn one is a really fast left-hand sweeper at Sydney Motorsports Park. And uh, they don't lift through turn one. So they go all the way down the front straight and through turn one. They're doing like 280K or something like that. It's just fucking stupid fast. And so they cross out one and they cross out two and they write kink next to one and change two to one. And on the bottom of the shirt it says it's not a corner if you don't lift. And I want it so bad. That's it's a, that's so a, cocky. That's an awesome shirt. <laughs> I love that shirt so much. I want it so bad, but I think they were only going to sell it in their pits, which is super, super lame. So uh, this is built by a some Porsche tuner, PR tech, <laughs> uh, there in uh, in the land down under. So they don't exist. I mean, they got to kind of exist. They're Allegedly. all over the YouTubes. Watching this car, the in-car of this going around the lap, I sent it to you guys earlier this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. It literally looks like it's in fast forward. Right. Like it looks like the guy is slowly driving around and then they turned it up like two speed <laughs> because it's so smooth. Like you, when you watch in car of a lot of the local time attack cars, they're really rough. Oh yeah. When they get on the brakes and, and on all the curbs, I mean, the cars are just being thrown all over. Dude, it looks like he's out for a Sunday cruise. The like car's no happy just, hands, just, nothing. Car's just smooth. Take It soaks up the bumps. Uh, dude, it, <laughs> I don't get it. That's a the well amount of development in this car is silly. So uh, their goal is uh, uh, basically s- since the conception of the car, I think it's four or five years old, um, is to take the overall lap record there. So this year they shaved another half a second off of their last year's best, and they are currently a tenth off. That's crazy. So from last year to this year, it was mostly just small chassis refinements. They moved the engine back and down and they changed the location of some coolers and added this crazy duct on the top of the car to bring air down into it and then out the tunnels in Mm -hmm. the back and stuff like that. And so it was just little changes. Whereas in years past, it's been significant changes like the billet motor and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, despite the fact that it's kind of a silly Porsche, it's still one of my favorite cars in the entire world. It's, Kind of a terrible, like if you're gonna build a, don't start world, with a nine six eight. You're gonna build a world dominating <laughs> time nope. attack Porsche. I'd who even start like, with the nine four four. Who was like, let's build a nine six eight. Let's do that. You literally could have picked anything. But dude, there's two of them on this list. Maybe it's not getting. Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't know about the nine six eight. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe everybody's clearly, sleeping. It's clearly something I don't know about this car. Uh, that that the international scene has figured out, but we'll think, catch up. I think they were pretty slow new. Well, yeah, I think that that four cylinder that's in there is based off of the factory engine. No kidding. If I'm not yeah, mistaken, it's a three liter four cylinder. Yeah, this particular one's a four four liter. Jeez. But dude, a three three liter four cylinder is freaking massive. That's a big. I four think that's. Uh, 5.9 seconds, 0 to 60. That's not slow, I guess. From the factory, it's a <clears throat> giant, giant four-cylinder. I think, I think, it was the largest displacement four-cylinder in normal production ever. 
up to that point. Up to that point, I have zero problem believing that. And I'm sure that there's some obscure thing that I can't think of. But like, as far as like big time production number of cars, I still, I don't know that I can think of anything that's any bigger. There's a lot of 2.5 liters and I've even seen like two sevens and stuff like that. But three liters liters is pretty unheard of. Yeah, it's more of a six-cylinder size. So, yeah. I'm sure there's people firing up their oh, don't Facebooks worry. We'll and know. typing stuff out. But, like, for run-of-the-mill cars, that's a pretty big motor. So, it's pretty cool. You, I would also assume that it has a relatively low rev range then and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know? Don't know. Without seeing it. I'm going to guess that this one. billet one probably does, like, 12,000 RPM the moon. or something fucking stupid. I don't know, dude. It's so crazy. I love watching Encara, this thing. It's my favorite. I, I'll bet you I've watched that video 30 times. That's awesome. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Dude, again. I love it so much. It's just the best. I will, I'm, I'm not arguing. It's the best. I'm right there with you. Ah, I love it. So, what's next, Robbie? Oh, well, I'm catching up. So, Robbie's favorite car on this list. I'm just going to deem it right now. Because I think it's the only S chassis, uh, MCA suspensions S third. a boy. Thirteen, yeah, S thirteen. Party it. time. Look at me, Cooper Hatch. That's a coupe. I can't I even tell from the photo, okay. which is why I don't like it so much. I, that, there you go, Here's dude. Me. I know the S thirteen hatch. Don't you? <laughs> don't you? Because that, if I was going to own an S chassis, it's it would be the S thirteen hatch for sure. It's a good looking car. Up and down, fifteen excluded, because I can't. Yeah, that doesn't count. And, and this I, is even, America. even if even if the fifteen was legal here, I don't know that I'd still choose it. I, I understand. I really like the back of that car. The S thirteen hatch. Hatch. It's good. Yeah, I really like the back end of that car. I seriously never gave him a second thought until I sat, saw Matt Hines's uh, shell that he was selling. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was that was like before we knew who that he was. I almost pulled the trigger on that. That was one. a really good. That deal. was dangerously close. That to was a cheap car at the time. It's, Still a good value if you could, if you could get it for that price. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this car has one in the past. Hell yeah. Uh, this car has another billet engine in it. SR20, air quotes. Mazworks? Uh, I don't know if this one's Mazworks. This uh, probably Bullet. Oh, I suppose. Bullet makes a lot of billet motors. In and, Australia. And they're in Australia. And I sense. know that there were a ton of their engines out there. They're... Um, their catchphrase, they're saying, their company saying, yes, cast ain't fast. Love it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Thank not, you. They're not wrong. <laughs> Thank you. Cast ain't fast. That's another shirt you need. So good. Um, this car, one of them built by uh, Andrew Brilliant, or the aero package and stuff on it. Um, this car, for a long time, I don't think it's true anymore, but for a long time, one of the things that they were real big on is that they still ran factory style suspension and they were using off the shelf um, coilovers because they're a suspension company. Oh, makes sense. So like, I don't think that's true anymore. I think front and rear is probably double wishbone now or double A arm, whatever you want to call it. And you know, stuff like that. And I'm sure that it probably has a third, excuse me, a third shock to handle aero loads because that's a thing these days. But you got to do what you got to do to stay at the pointy end of the stick, and they are out for blood every year. So yeah, uh, I don't really know much to say about this car other than it is pretty cool. It looks cool. It looks great. So um, they did all right this year. Uh, I don't even remember where they came in. I think they were second. 
Well, they're second on the list. So we'll go so, with that. So cool car. I love it. Two forties uh, all the way. Nonetheless. So next up, uh, this car crashed last year, returned this year. Uh, this car was, was a air quotes shell with no carbon fiber hanging off of it like three weeks ago. Oh. This is the Tilton Interiors Evo. Another car who has one in the past. That is the widest side. <laughs> Evo of all time. Not, not side scare. What's what I'm looking for? Car? Fender? No, it's side. Well, yes. I mean, it's a side skirt, but it's the barge. It's a, it's a the wing. Barge boards. Yeah, sure. We'll on the that. bottom there. Yeah. God Along dang, those bottom? are wide. Yeah, it's a pretty wild <laughs> car. Um, <laughs> this car, you kind of at first when you look at it, the arrow doesn't quite seem as ridiculous Until to me. Start but then at you it. like start looking at it, you're like, all right, yeah, okay, yeah, it's wild. This is a pretty wild car. Uh, they had a tire delaminate this year. Well, it looks like in the picture they're touching the ground with most of their arrow. Yeah, most of the cars are that way. <laughs> uh, they had a tire delaminate this year and blew the front like passenger Wide side open. of that car apart. Just exploded carbon fiber everywhere on the racetrack. Just exploded. That would so, take it forever to clean um, it. Yokohama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. Oh, dude. And like that's a really good way to ruin $40,000 for the arrow parts. I oh, bet. yeah. I bet. At least. Absolutely. So it's all Voltex designed and built. Ooh. And Voltex is kind of synonymous with cha-ching. Uh-huh. And I think that this is one of their development cars. Mm. Tilton, everyone knows who Tilton is. They make pedal boxes and stuff like that for race cars. They're some of the best. Yep. Uh, one of the things that I really think is cool about this, so uh, World Time Attack is a pro class and a pro-am class. And the rules are very similar, if not exactly the same. Except pro class... Or pro am class is just like guys. Yeah, people. not not factory they're, back. They're guys. humans, and pro class is like Formula One drivers, or you know, ex Formula One drivers and and current V eight supercar drivers. Dude, like the driver list of this is like the who's who of V eight supercars right now. Oh, I'm sure. So uh, this year, this car was ran in both. Pro am and yep. pro. So they had a pro driver, a V eight supercars driver. Uh, in the, yeah, no, this year it's always been Garth Walden. Okay. Uh, but then in Pro Am, it was the owner of the car, which I thought was really cool. That is awesome. So, not something you see a lot. A lot of times these cars are owned by one person and driven by another because oh. that's just kind of where they are at in yeah. this world. So, it's crazy. It's wild. So, another billet block, another. You know, crazy. Carbon everything. Big yeah, old four-cylinder. Yeah, 46.3 air quotes. <laughs> I think this is also a bullet racing car. Um, yeah, pretty wild, pretty fast. Uh, it's amazing to me that they can go from a, from like just a chassis, the tube frame, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, because that's really what it was, to like a running, driving, here-we-go car in like three weeks. So the engine package didn't change at all. It's a proven package. They were good to go. So that makes things a little easier. That does help. But still. And have nothing go wrong. Like, I saw pictures of this car on a hoist with no body work on it whatsoever just a few weeks ago. Jeez. And they went out there and did well. That's awesome. I think they won Pro-Am or they were very close to <laughs> it. Should probably have the results of this event up. <laughs> eh. My bad. We're here to talk about cars, not necessarily. Yeah. How do they do? In Time Attack, we're all winners. I like it. Rather. No, no, I'm not okay with that. Actually, no, I'm not okay with that because it's not. It's, it's no. Ricky Bobby. If you're first, you're last. 
Yeah. Why'd you even show up? Yep, that's true. Dude, they were talking on the radio, some peewee. No participation ribbons here. There's some, some like, little kid football team <sighs> league. And if you beat the other team by X margin, the coach gets fined $500. <laughs> It would be my goal to see how much money the, I could cost the the school. So, wait, which coach? The coach of the team that won. The one. It's a sportsman. That's not how the world's supposed it's to work. It's a sportsmanship thing. So if you fifty no. point a team, because they were talking about on the because the guys like I don't want to encourage these seven and eight year old kids to not play as hard as they are. Nope. So he tried to talk the refs into just throwing flags on every play and pushing them back yards every time. Oh. And they wouldn't do it. They refused to do it. And so, and he, he was like, well, I'm not telling them not to. No, they're going to keep playing I'm, well. I'm going to, I'm not going to tell these kids to turn it down a notch. So I guess I owe them 500 bucks. Yeah. We can crowd if you were that one as a principal parent. of a school, wouldn't you be like, I don't think this was a school even. I think this oh, was like a Wee league. Oh, like that's a, super like a lame, city man. League. That's lame. Dumb. That's lame. I've heard of the mercy rule, but I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. In the game, man. Let's yeah. pack it up. Yeah, if you, yeah. if you, 50 point by halftime. Let's just end this game. You're clearly one. Yeah. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. They don't need to put bubble wrap back, on everything. Back in my day, <laughs> they didn't do that in my basketball tournaments. We got our well, asses kicked. You got 50 pointed. You got 50 pointed. We did. By the Supersonics. <laughs> they were fucking good. The uh, My freshman year in high school, our football team lost every single game. That's right. So You learned something, right? We had, they had a perfect it built, record. It builds character. Hey, my senior year, the only game they lost was the state championships. So, ouch! They turned that around. That's good. So you can write the ship. Next, you race can. Car. Let's get back to race cars and not football. Not, no, we can talk about football. We don't. Need nah, to talk we're about good football. on football, I think. So the next one up, sports racing under Suzuki. This guy, it's an S15. If you can't tell, I no, couldn't you can't tell. tell at all. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the Batmobile. To be honest with you. Of all the cars on this list, I think this is the one that's gotten farthest away from its silhouette. Yeah, for sure. It's, like, I realize these are silhouette cars. Fine, whatever. It's like, but, like, even the 968 is pretty hard to see. This is this looks like some sort of just, like, prototype race car. And it doesn't thing. help that it's black, so it kind of hides anything it's that's... it's all carbon fiber. Right. But there's, like, no livery in this picture, so that doesn't help. Right. Um, so, also, it's at least a foot wider on each side <laughs> so that doesn't help either so this guy uh he's a japanese guy he is like the hero or the he's the the people's champion okay like of japan or the world the world it's ah, a good place to be yeah he's the people's champion he's on the top um, he's never to I, I shouldn't say never i don't think he's ever won i know he's been on the podium okay. i don't know that he's ever won overall that has been his goal he is the current lap record holder at sakuba okay Dang. uh this is the new generation of car this is uh not the same chassis this is the first outing for this one okay uh to show you how people's champion he is uh a former i think audi dtm engineer decided he likes under Suzuki's uh, attitude and like steadfastness, steadfastness to the race and all that stuff so much that he basically designed this car for him. That's awesome. With the help of Andrew brilliant. So like the Extra suspension awesome. package and all that stuff is like a hundred percent custom built and is essentially a DTM car. <laughs> so good. <clears throat> 
So, uh, this guy is a privateer. He, he literally builds this car in his like tiny little garage. I can relate. So that's kind of why he's the people's champion. Cause he's out there battling with $4 million Porsches built by professional race teams. And he's, he's changing things on jack stands. He's, yeah. He's just a guy <laughs> in a garage. Like you can see nearly all of his garage in that picture. And he like, like I've read a bunch of different articles and stories about this guy. And like, as the car, as his, as his car was developing, it was time to start moving towards building the car or building parts of the car out of carbon fiber because building them out of alumalite or plywood or whatever wasn't working. You know, years ago, yep. so he learned how to build carbon fiber things because he couldn't Good. afford to pay somebody. No, so he did it himself. And like, I get that. It's so cool to me. You yeah. know, this guy. I mean, he started with a a street car, yep. and he's turned this into this monster. I love it. He's my so, favorite. Again, SR20. It's yeah. real bum deal. Uh, he runs nitrous in this car, so it's very well, fast that's fun. And furious. I like it. I approve of the nitrous. Uh, first year for this car, I think a tire delaminated in this car as well. Piss. Uh, blew the back of the car off, Aww. spun it into a wall. Uh-huh. He ended up in the hospital. Damn it. Ooh, yikes. Yeah, on the front straightaway. The tire blew. That's... I think a tire blew. Uh, depending on who you talk to and where you go and who you listen to, uh, some people think that the arrow fell apart. Some people oh, think but... that there was a suspension failure. Some people say there was a tire delamination. He did post pictures of a broken... Or somebody posted pictures of a broken suspension like, uh, rod. It's hard to say when that happened, though. So, yeah. I mean, he hit a wall, so... Lots of things are broken. Yeah. And uh, so it's hard to say. And apparently, there was a load sensor. So the rod... So it was two two pieces that was threaded in the middle, and there's a load sensor in the center of that okay. to, to kind of monitor arrow load and stuff like that on that yeah. suspension arm. And it broke at that, at that oh. sensor. And so he, like, on the fly... Because he had every intention of taking this car back out on the track. Oh, jeez. Like the doctor told him you can't get in a car for 24 hours, but like 24 hours and three minutes, he planned on being back on the track. <laughs> People's champion. Apparently. Yeah. I see <laughs> that now. So he's, he's earned that title. He's in he's it to win. Yeah. He's so I read, it. so I read that, um, they built just new suspension arms. I mean, it's literally just a straight piece of rod. It was right. no, it's not like they're custom fab. So in these cr- I mean, it was custom frame. fab, but it, it's not like it was, milled out a billet on a lathe. I right. mean, it's still just threaded rod, but they built new ones without the load sensor in the center so that, because, well, that one broke and I want to get back on track. So I'm going to build two of these and get rid of that load sensor on the other side. Cause that's clearly my weak link. And we'll figure that out later. It's right attitude to have. So, um, you know, it, it sucks. Like this dude built this car, hasn't even been on track with it yet put it in a crate and sent it to Australia from Japan. And on testing day, not even like during the race day, crash the car. So man, super sucks. But, um, does world time attack do the spec tire? Yes. Okay. I couldn't couldn't remember. They run Yokohama's. Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember if that was this series or not. Yes. That is this, this sanctioning. Yeah. There you go. Sanctioning body is probably the right word. It's just a race. That's what blows my mind about this. There's a lot of, most of these cars, in fact, I would say this is probably the first car we've gotten to here in this list so far that sees more than this event annually. That's insane. So like that Porsche 
and the S chassis and the Evo, like all those cars, all the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars put into each and every single one of those cars so they can race one event a year and maybe do 10 or 12 laps, frankly. That's nuts. Crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wish that they would take these cars to other events. Of and course. That's, that's what... Um, that's what Super Lap Battle is supposed to be here in the United States. Yes. The the ultimate goal of the people who organize that, who are also the people who organize Global Time Attack, is to build an event of the World Time Attack Championship scale and see some of these international guys bring their cars here and race it on the most prestigious track that we have. Coda. Coda. Because this used to be a Formula One course as well, I think. Right. Yep. Or maybe not a Formula One course, since I guess the current record is a Formula well, Two. Well, it's at car. least a Formula Two. Right. So, but it's a very prestigious track in Australia. So that is good. Next car, Robbie. Another. Portion. Oh, look at that! Another nine six eight. Uh, these guys are from. What to say? Sweden. Pretty sure these guys are the Finland. Ones. Finland. Okay. I have no idea. <laughs> Scandinavia. There's two cars from two Scandinavian teams. One of them is Finland. The other one is Swedish. I don't remember. Couldn't tell you. We'll get to the other one here in a little bit. Uh, this is also an AMB, an Andrew Brilliant designed car. Um, they flat out said that their goal, this is the first time they've ever been to World Time Attack Challenge. Okay. Uh, they said coming into this, their goal was to meet or beat RP968's first event lap time. Okay. That's a real, yeah, that's, that's a good it's goal. a realistic time. Yeah. Uh, sorry, most car or most cars are in the low twenties. The record is like a one eighteen something. Okay. So that's kind of where we're at. They second flyer of the weekend, which ended up being their fastest one because they cracked the block on the next one. Oh shit! With their previously Formula One test driving pro driver, one twenty five six, I want to say. Okay. And they were fucking pumped. Heck yeah! Which they should be. It's flying, flying fast. So. um it's cool to see these international teams show up, have never been there, and just fucking do well. Yeah, that's great. That's great because, you know, so far up to this point, all the rest of these cars have been Australian. Ah. So they don't exist. Well, there's that too. But uh, <laughs> Conspiracy. So like, you know, their their home track is yep. Sydney Motorsports Park. And in all reality, they can test there as much as they want. Well, I guess under Suzuki's not Australian, but he's been there for years. Right. Right. So, like, they know Sydney Motorsports Park. They Not only do they know what they need to do for the car setup, but they need, they know the driving of it and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's a big, big deal. I'm sure that putting a Formula One test driver in the driver's seat of your Porsche really helps things. But nonetheless, it's, it's admirable. Absolutely. So, this is a cool car. Uh, they still use the stock block. Ooh, interesting. Yes. So it's a three liter, or and not? Wait till wait, wait till they go build it. Then be I fast. think that this is not a stock displacement. Fair enough. This is a board stroked engine, um, but turns out they they found the limitation of the stock block this year because they cracked it uh, because they went out there and set their minute twenty five and they're like, all right, let's crank that boost up. All the way, and uh, they found the limitation of that engine. So that's time what for, they're here to do. Yeah, it's time for uh, a billet one. Yeah, I think it's so cool that people are like, 
all right, you know, we went out there, we set a pretty fast lap. Like, not going to sit back on my haunches and just let this happen, though. Let's crank this car up to 12 because I've never cranked it up past eight, but fuck it. Because I'm in Australia and this shit's going down. We're only here once a year. Let's go. We've never been here before. Let's do this. It's the right attitude to have. I love it. I love it so much. Plus, they weren't first, so they were technically last. Right, exactly. Gotta get to first. I just love that about time attack, you know? I just love that. What did we do before Ricky Bobby said, if you're not first, you're last? We were sad. It was a sad existence. (laughs) Yeah. It's still kind of a sad existence, but that's that's different. We at least have good quotes. The world ended in 2012. This is all simulation. This is simulation. (laughs) That's why it sucks so bad. (laughs) The Mayans were right. What's the next race car, Robbie? I think you scrolled past it. Oh, I didn't. That was it. No, that's it. This must just be the pro. I thought this was pro and pro am. Oh, well. It says pro and pro am. That's it. That was just the guide. That's all there was. There's Who is that from? Give them credit again. That was inside, inside time, attack time attack. Com. Uh, It's a nice work. Dot com dot au. Mm. So it's in the dark web that doesn't exist. How'd you get there? Life Motorsports know. GTR should have been on that list. Uh, is this it right here? I can't see anything, Robbie. Just kidding. There. That's yes, in the front. That is the Life Motorsports GTR. Okay. Uh, this yep. year's Soul USA. Um, Entry. 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 Sold North American entry since Will did not make it back there this year. That's right. Uh, currently, Will holds the fastest North American lap. So that was one of their goals was to bring that back to America. I don't think they quite did it. That's uh, right. And the other goal, I think, was to um, set their R35 record, which I think they hold. I can see that. Um, one of the cool things about this, so in pro, it was ran by Cole Powelson, who is the guy that runs life motorsports uh he's the one that drove who usually always drives this car but then in pro-am they put rob parsons in it okay they're known as chair slayer yes and they put they put hand controls in this i did not realize that's where that was i did see some clips from that yeah so they put hand controls in this because he is uh, paraplegic. paraplegic he doesn't he broke his back in a motocross accident i think it was bikes are scary so um so he was the first person to ever compete in World Time Attack with hand controls. So he has the hand control record. I mean, yeah, I guess if you want to be that guy. If you want to be like ESPN and... Yeah, he's, he's got the record. Stupid the or drag records. racing. Yeah, he's got the fastest hand control. This is the world's fastest T56 LT1 car. Okay, thanks. That's the thing I saw today. <laughs> really? Yes, there was a... 1320 posted this thing about this Camaro. They, they broke three world records in one weekend. They broke the or U.S. records. It's the fastest manually shifted car. The fastest, I'll give them that one. That's a big one. That's, that's a big that one. I'll give one. you. Yeah. Fastest T56. Nah. Fastest L- LT. Nah. <laughs> Old LT. Like my LT style? Yes. How fast was it? Sevens. That's pretty fast. It's pretty fast. Don't get me wrong. It's pretty damn fast. It's very damn fast. But it's like, okay, come on. It's like, I'll the, give it's you like the, the Guinness World Records. We have really yeah, weird right. stuff. I bet right. it doesn't even use the OptiSpark. So at that point, it's basically just a small block. Yeah. It's with pair, with, with better cooling. With like a giant pair of turbskis hanging off of yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's cheating, but whatever. That's fine. <laughs> so Fastest I, manually shifted car. They can have that one. Yeah, I agree with that. I'll give you that one. That's worth noting. Yes. But that's kind of the way drag racing is. And I really, Time Attack hasn't really been that way. No, not really. But it could really quickly become that way. Because, like, I did see something today. Somebody was talking about uh, there's a, a BRZ FRS, whatever, a Toyobaru. It's got some wild, crazy 
V8 out of something. I don't know what. So I like ITBs on it, and apparently it makes almost four-digit horsepower numbers. But it was the fastest naturally aspirated car at World Time Attack. And, like, huh. that's huh. kind of interesting. I'll yeah. give you that. But, like, you know, and I, and I do, I do kind of like <clears throat> talking about fastest front-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, just because it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, most of the cars on this list are rear-wheel drive. Right. You know, there was the Evo and the R35, but everything else on that list is rear-wheel drive, yes. which is kind of interesting. Because, you know, for a long time, everyone just kind of assumed, like, oh, it's all-wheel drive, it's faster, right? It's got more grip, Yep, it's faster. But that's not necessarily true. No, not if you set it up so, correctly. Fastest, a lot of the... A lot of the overall records here in the North North America are held by Hondas, front-wheel drive cars, you know? And and so I think at this level of prep, that stuff becomes less and less and less important. And at some point, it just becomes extra weight. Yeah. You know? So, and it's more stuff to get in the way of your aero package. <laughs> Very true. Because <laughs> that's, that's the world we live in. So I will, I do think it's cool that they gave... Rob, rob the opportunity. Absolutely. Because it is a big deal. I realize that it's a publicity stunt. It's not but, a bad one, though. But, uh, no, I think that there's definitely worse publicity stunts they could have gone after. Yeah. So I think it's cool that he got, he got the opportunity to go out there and race. And he did pretty well. He, I mean, he wasn't slow. That's good. He didn't, he didn't make a laughing stock of himself. So, you know. Glad to hear that. I don't know how hard it is to adjust from, you know, because he's. He's a drifter. Known as a drifter. You know, and I don't know if that's real hard to adjust from that. And Frankly, I, I would think that grip racing would be easier with hand controls. Mm, I don't know. It's a good what, question. You wouldn't, to, you wouldn't have to spin the wheel near as far. Well, like, uh, it would be hard to... There are times... So he, he has one control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pull towards yourself for brake and you lift up for throttle, but you can't. He can't really do both simultaneously. Okay. So he's either on the gas or on the brake. Okay. Or neutral. Yep. Right. At least that's what it looks like for watching videos of him, not only in his drift car but also in in the R35. Okay. So I'm not 100 percent sure that that's true, but it looks to me like he can only be on one or the other at any given point in time. And I know that like left foot braking and just putting your foot to the floor on the gas pedal is a pretty important thing that a lot of drifters use. Yeah. So that would be hard to do. Impossible to do. Uh, the other thing is that if he's got one hand on the gas slash brake thing that he's using, his hand controls, it'd be a little harder to, mm. to rip the yep. e-brake with the yep. other hand because then he has to let go of the steering wheel entirely. There is a YouTube video where he kind of walks through it. So if you are very curious, just search Chair Slayer oh, controls. There you go. There you go. Pull it up. Uh, there's, and here's a picture of him from the in car. That's it, his. That's his. Drift that's car. yeah. This is drift car. But I I don't have the video of him in. Yeah, the, that's fine. Or a picture of him in the. There are. Uh, if you go to World Time Attacks Facebook page, uh, they did post in car video of him racing the yes. R35 too. So perfect. Yeah. I think it's cool. I love these cars. Uh, a couple of the cars that apparently weren't on this list that I thought were, uh, that I kind of wanted to talk about. So I'll real quick talk about them without any yeah, it's reference. Fine. Fuck it. Uh, there's an R8. Uh, nice. That they call the R8 to one which I think is actually not true anymore because I think it makes more 
power than it needs to be one-to-one ratioed now. Mm. Uh, but it has an aero package that was designed by the same guy that designed RP968s. And to say that that car is ridiculous is a massive understatement. Um I mean, it's an Audi, so it's it's fine. It's fine. so I think that this is rear wheel drive. I don't think. Yeah, there you go. Right, we found a picture of it. It is two wings <laughs> with a car in the middle. <laughs> small car in the middle. Our eights are not small cars. All made out of carbon. And the wings on this thing make it look small. Um, I think that it's only rear wheel drive. I don't think that they still have because I've seen a picture of the front clamshell lifted up, and it doesn't look to me like there's enough stuff going on up there to be to have drive shafts to the front, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, it's twin turbo. It's got the V10 in it. It's glorious. I love everything about it. Scream. Pretty sure that is from Finland. I'm, I'm 90% sure that that's the Finland team. That country sounds awesome. We should go. So, um, this was also a fairly new build. They crashed this car mm-hmm. and this is its re, um, well, no, sorry. They crashed it a year ago. Yeah. 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 They like lost brakes at like, 12,000 miles an hour and went over an embankment and into a forest and I've seen the end car and it's fucking terrifying and how that guy survived is beyond me safety is important people extremely important but uh, this is is their rebuild how long is the end plate for that yes it's gotta be like three five feet. It's damn near three feet long, and that's the front wing. Yeah, this is another front wing car, not a splitter car. So. I remember reading a, an interview he did with somebody, I don't remember who now, and they were asking him about the aero package, and he said, well, uh, I chose, the the company's called Dynamic Auto, or a Dynamic Aero Solutions, so DAS. Yep. I chose DAS because uh, the RP968 is currently the fastest car, and he designed the aero package, so he must know what he's doing. Yeah. And that seems Fair like, enough. That's that seems solid, like good reasoning. Solid logic. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to fault him on that one. Yep. So... Again, it's all carbon fiber, like every last every square inch. bit of it. So, so it's good. Yeah. So, uh, they do drifting there too. They have a drifting cup, and uh, I didn't watch it too closely, but they somehow like to to draw their or to pick their matchings. They like draw names out of a hat or something like that. Hmm. Instead of like doing to qualifying, no qualifying runs yeah. and stuff, they're just like, all right, you and you and here we go, which is kind of cool. Yeah, fair enough. They do a, a flying 500 on the front straightaway where they have basically drag cars, drag cars come in and see who can accelerate to the highest mile per hour in 500 meters on the front straightaway, which is kind of cool. Um, in years past, they've had, um, what's that, Mazda four-rotor race car? Jesus Christ, 787. Oh, yeah. They yep. had a 787 yep. there in the past, do demo laps. They had a... Robbie's favorite car, the Brabham BT62. Yeah, I've kind of been following that really closely. Yeah, they they had it come out and do a couple of demo laps. God, that car's um, good. Dude, it's so wild. That car sounds insane. If we ever did a, a recreation of our dream car garages. We should probably do that again. That's the one. That is the one. Oh, that's Robbie, the, for all that's, of them. That's the answer for basically Everything. all of them now. <laughs> It's a Brabham BT62. For an extra couple hundred thousand dollars, they'll make it street legal. Do it, right, Robbie. So Do it. Yeah, only <laughs> 1.5 million, and they're only making like 50 of them. Yeah. You got some stuff to sell, right? 
Uh, yeah, I just offered up my toenail clippings if anyone wants those. So. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know if you can grow I'll enough do, toenails, to be honest. I'll do anything for a Raven BT-6, too, so just putting that out yeah. there. Um, they hold some sort of lap record at uh, Bathurst with that thing, and one of their goals with that was to take it to all these different tracks. Basically, any track they take it to, they want to take the lap record of some, some level. Good. I don't know what... what what variation of lap record they're chasing after? Because that's kind of like drag racing too. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm the fastest car on street tires. I don't know what they're chasing after, but it's a uh, it's fast, it's ridiculous, and I love it. It's beautiful. So, World Time Attack is 150 percent on my bucket list. I will go at some point in my life. Hell yeah, I will be a hermit and stay home an entire year if that's what it takes to afford it at some point i will go i have tried to casually pass that off as an opportunity for a honeymoon so far she's seen through my ah damn my it's not that that's my plans australia is perfect why would she not it's only a two-day event yeah it takes know? two days to get there and two days to get back, but yeah. Well, yeah, but like if we You'd go be there to, a week, yeah, if you go to Australia and we're there for four days, it seems not that unreal as unrealistic to ask for two of those days to be at a racetrack. That's what I did with selling Jess. It's, it's on equal, fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah. You know, she gets her two days, you get your two days. Yeah, I'll do whatever she wants as long as it doesn't suck. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> makes perfect sense to me. So I. I really want to go. I want to go so bad. I get it. It looks so cool. To see the cars that are there in real life would just be the best. Take Booney with you. Yeah, he'd go. Yeah, probably. I don't want to take Booney with me. Not on your honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. I will. Go on that's his honeymoon? Rob, that's what, No, Robbie's no. going. Uh, Robbie's no, taking Booney with him. On, on his, his honeymoon. honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, if, cool. if everything works out, I'm going on my honeymoon with Booney. <laughs> that's the plan. Does, is Australian like known for cuisine? No. No, it's known for spiders. Yep. <laughs> and, and and kangaroos. <laughs> All right, maybe I could go with Booney then. He'll still find the good food, though. I'm sure there's tons of good food. There's like a few million people that live there. I'm sure it's great. Yeah, it'll be fine. It's in Sydney. It's a pretty civilized place. Absolutely. It you don't know. You can't prove that. It seems. You can't prove that. You, you right. say that until there's like a five-foot spider on your face. You know what I'm saying? That sounds. Being eaten by a 30-foot snake. That's great can come and eat the stupid mouse that keeps making his way into my house. Uh, poison him. I have small children and pets. Oh, they got the little box thing. The that ones the that they go into. Get into. Yeah. Yep. I don't trust it. That's it's worked really well at my house. I've eradicated too. all of the snakes. I Not think, snakes, mice. I think I know where he's getting in, so ah, that, helps. Take care. that will help a lot. If I ever get to go home at some point Or be home life. more than four hours. Yeah. Be home at any point in time that's not sleeping. Daylight time? Uh, doesn't even need to be daylight. You work around it? Yeah, it's fine. I just need to be home when I'm not asleep. So. Factfabrication.com. Yeah. Speaking of Booney. Speaking of Booney. Taking him with me. That was my segue. Yep, I appreciate that. He uh, makes rails, custom furniture, and environments. Environments? That's what it says. Oh, like like ambiance. Yeah, (laughs) ambiance. Took me a second, but I knew exactly what you were talking about. Environments he makes environments. That's what it says on his website. I get it. Backfabrication.com. I uh, I turned in my time off to go to Coda with him. Oh, cool. With them. Nice. What's the date on that again? Those, Those people. That should be uh, November. Mid November. Yeah, the weekend before Thanksgiving. 
Still looking, still looking. November 22nd. There you go. Got a month. There you go. It sounds like their uh, race at Hallett went well. No major issues, so. It's great. Yeah. They good. needed one. They did need one. Yeah, they needed, they needed a God. good race. But of course it would happen at Hallett, which is a great racetrack. Oh, God. Here we go. If you're going to have a good race, it's going to be at Hallett. I'm going to have to go to Hallett next year, so I don't have to listen to this anymore. No, because then I'll have to listen to it from both of you. It's true. I, no, I want to come back and say, yeah, it's great, but I'm not going to freak out about it like Robbie does. You will. That's what I'm anticipating. <laughs> I said the same thing about Maybe being. I'm wrong. <laughs> it's yeah. good. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? It's just a magical place with good good feelings and good vibes for everybody. That's a kind of racetracks in general, isn't it? But this one's special. I mean, have you? It's not special to a, him. You ever had a it's bad one. time at a racetrack, Robbie? Yes. Even yeah. outside of the crashing, like it was still yes. it was still a pretty good time. I had some bad times racing. Yeah, it's not always people's some, egos. Usually, that 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 was auto crossing. No, it happens on. I just a, called it racing. I didn't say it was. I didn't say it was at a racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> I said what I said. I know what I said. That's awesome. Michael. How it is so good, it's yeah. worth driving through Oklahoma for. It's tough. That's saying a lot. And I have, I have and, to drive through Oklahoma to go to Coda. And worth driving through Kansas. Oh, now you're really saying something. Hey, whoa. <laughs> this is a long... I spent like no time at all in Kansas. <laughs> this is a long-standing feud between me and Daniel and Austin. I know. I'm poking. It happens all the time. It's fine. Fair enough. In the, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair about the argument, I think that the part of Oklahoma that I experienced is definitely not the part of Oklahoma that should be experienced. Yeah, I, I can believe that. And I think like eastern Oklahoma, like anything east of 35, it, I don't think that's it's better. It's way better. But like the panhandle is a terrible place to be. <laughs> and Aren't even, there jokes about the panhandle? Even Oklahoma or is that Florida? It might be Florida. Florida makes sure. Yeah, because Florida, the further north you get, the more south you get. Yeah, right. right. Yep. But I think yep. I, I, think <laughs> I want to be more north in Florida. You do not. No, I don't, no, I don't think so. You're closer to the South. Yeah, but is it? But like, f- does Florida? I would think that Florida man is okay. farther south in Florida. No, no. Where would you rather be? Aren't the Gators in the South? Where would you rather be? South Beach, Miami, or Jacksonville? I think I'm. Quite frankly, if honestly, probably Jacksonville. You're wrong. <laughs> Adam might be right. I don't know. The people in South Miami, Beach probably suck. Yeah, I don't know that Miami is my place. Miami's the best. I think it's I nice to Miami visit. Miami is the best. I don't think you want to hang out there. It's good. I'm, Miami's the best. I don't know that I want to be in either of those places. Florida is the best. There sounds like a lot of people in both of those places. Yes, but you can get away from the people. How? Go closer to the... Just go to the water. Yeah, that's where all the people are, Robbie. Just don't go to the public beaches. I can't afford to not be on a public beach. They don't charge you to go to the beach. <laughs> Well, then that would not be a pub. Those, those are public ones, Robbie. Then go to the ones where all the people aren't. There's there's so much beach. It's everywhere. I think there's a lot of people. They just keep driving. Because then you can drive to Highway 1 where there's just ocean. And it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's a, so good. It's not a beach. There are beaches there. I don't really like the water anyway. It's where the sharks are. People don't just get bit by sharks, Adam. You're not wrong, but... I don't like Statistically speaking, I'm going to die by a cow faster than I'll die by a well, shark. Well, yeah, you live in Iowa. What'd you do to the cow? Oh, uh, they're very large and they can fall. Well, yeah, don't, well, like, poke them. Sometimes you have to. You have to move them. Her? What, what'd she do Her. to you? You have to, well, yeah, don't go near the hymns. They will kill you. Oh, for sure. They're much more dangerous than any shark. 
a bull will straight up kill you. PSA. Says the guy who wants to go bull riding. Yeah. I think he wants to watch bull you have riding. To, you have no, to, he wants to you try bull riding, riding on you a bull. To, yeah, it's on the bucket list, man. No way, dude. It's I'm on out. the bucket list. That's fine. It's on your bucket list. Yeah. not on my bucket list. Fuck that. We got to do it. No. There's no we I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to go watch yeah, it. Yeah. On the you off get chance that you got face. hurt, I wouldn't yeah. even want to go and watch it, Robbie. No, you got to try it. No, you don't. I got to. You're getting you gotta, old, man. You got to experience That's the world. That's the truth, right that, there. That is true. You're it, not it, like it will you're hurt. It'll hurt more rubber. now than it would if I would have done it five ago. years ago. Yeah. Oh boy. Right. Where were we? What are we doing? Right. I think we're doing my topic now. Yeah. So, Robbie, Michael, Michael wants to talk about watches. Robbie, asked, well, actually, Robbie wants Michael to talk. Robbie about watches. asked That's that true. I talk about a trip I, I took last weekend, which was to Chicago and a place called uh, it, it's called LA Microlux on Instagram, but it's Microlux. Which is a, basically a small brand watch fair, which I don't think is particularly interesting as a topic. So, oh, I thought it sounded interesting, so that's why. I, yeah. yeah, and that's fair. That's fine. It was interesting to me, but probably not interesting to anybody else who listens. But that Too brought bad. up another thought of mine, which is I could explain why I'm interested yes. in watches and how no. it relates to cars, and I don't think people understand. I think we've briefly touched about it, but I don't know that we've ever talked about it on the podcast yeah. itself. And I, I totally get why you love watches. Yeah, but I, I think totally there's a lot it. of people that don't. Like, sometimes you explain it to people and they go, oh, I didn't even know that. And that's just a matter of the fact that we live in a time where everything's powered by a battery and we've got Apple Watches and et cetera, et cetera. But yours is powered by a battery. It is powered by a battery. This you, one is. Your Momo is. My Momo is. Um, it, but is it was, carbon fiber on that Momo? No, this is this is one of the few that don't have carbon oh, fiber That's on the it. one that he Damn. said he lost it. He was I did. all pissed. I spent like a half hour the other night looking for this one until I found it. So I think the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that there are different types of watches that are powered differently. There's yeah. There's mechanical watches, and a subgenre of that is automatic. And then there's quartz watches, and then obviously there's smart watches. And the watches that I'm interested in and most enthusiasts are interested in are mechanical or automatic watches. And Robbie's got a picture of a movement pulled up here. And the movement is the thing, and that's what you're referencing when you talk about mechanical or automatic. And that's essentially driving the hands or driving any other functions of the watch. And what it does is it stores energy uh, from either winding the stem or the crown or from a rotor on the bottom that spins uh, when you move your wrist, basically See, I didn't, it spins around freely. I had, I mean, I've I've known that there was winding watches, mm-hmm. and yep. then there's battery powered movements. Yep. I knew that those existed, but when you told me that there are watches that that get their energy from just being worn, yep, and yep. being moved about throughout the day, blew my fucking mind. Yep. Every everybody in my wedding party got one. Oh, really? What'd you get them? I don't know what brand it was. God damn it, Robbie. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it wasn't way to, anything. Way to participate. It honestly topic. wasn't anything too crazy. Because cool, I had to though. buy six of them. Yeah, but, that's still cool. Yeah, they're, um, they're nice. So, yeah, I mean, this used to be a technology that everybody relied on before we had smartphones and we had Apple Watches and we had even quartz watches. And quartz watches um, run off of a battery. And um, they are quartz watches are extremely cheap in comparison and um, are easier to make, easier to produce, um, are more accurate, actually, than mechanical watches uh, because they use a quartz regulator versus a mechanical regulator in the in the mechanical watches. And basically all that does is regulate the timekeeping. And in a mechanical watch, I mean, you could spend $8,000 on, I mean, pick a watch, and 
chances are you could probably go to Target and buy a G-Shock that's more accurate than that for 50 to $70. Yeah, but I think that's kind of the way a lot of things are nowadays. Like, yeah. you know, to take it back to cars, like, yeah, I can buy a fifteen or $20,000 Toyota yep. or a Morgan. Yep. Because I think a Morgan in the car world is very similar to these high-end watches. Yep. In in the way that they're not just built on an assembly line and they're not, you know, they're not perfect. Yep. On purpose almost. Right. Yep. And Or uh, even like a Tesla versus, you know, a GT3. I mean, theoretically, and you could probably prove it, the Tesla is faster. You know, zero to sixty times faster. Right it's, on paper, it's, everything you can about use it, it more of the time. It's yeah, it's definitely more user friendly. It's bigger, bigger, et cetera, et cetera. But enthusiasts buy the Porsche; they don't buy the Tesla, and the Porsche's you know basically warmed over hundred and twenty year old technology. I bet that the the pi or the uh, Venn diagram of Tesla GT three owners. Surprisingly, close. surprisingly large number in the middle. Well, we know Joe Rogan has both, or has <laughs> has had both at least. You know, just I'm sure he has. I'm sure he still does have both. Just because that's the way the world is. But yeah, and you know that's the thing too. If if you're into watches, you have automatic pieces and you have quartz pieces. And if you're well, yeah, you're not. Yeah, there, you there, gotta have one of everyone. There are times when you just want a watch. That's right. That's correct, and you don't worry about it. It doesn't cost you anything. If you was, lost it, you could replace it. Twelve dollars at Target. Right. It was and a used ten dollar fossil. <laughs> used ten dollar fossil. You don't right. care if it gets scratched. Yep. At work or whatever. So the that's one of the analogies. The other analogy is that you have basically a small engine that's on your wrist that it consists of gears and springs, um, you know, lever arms and things like that. There are watches that get more and more complicated, um, such as racing chronographs, which again has a direct tie in with racing because at some point we didn't have electronic timekeeping we had mechanical timekeeping and um, people would use wear and use racing chronographs to time lap times um, there's a lot of different types of those we don't need to get into that but the omega speedmaster is one the rolex daytona is the probably the biggest one because that's um named after the race the 24 hours of daytona um and that's why they're a sponsor now. Got this uh, Momo. There's that Momo. That's a, that's a racing chronograph as well. Isn't the other one a chronograph? Yeah, they're I, both I, almost all minor chronographs. So basically, the chronograph is is a, a split second timekeeping device in a watch, and they can be mechanical or they can be quartz. And there's there's your Rolex Daytona there. So that's that's where that name was derived from. Um, obviously, as we got into the 70s, the quartz was invented and to have a stopwatch timer is way more accurate, easy to deal with, more easily replaceable than something like this, which may have 300 parts on the inside of it, and they're that's microscopic. crazy to yeah. me. So, and, and that's, yeah, there's another analogy, too, is that before we had quartz and battery-powered and cheap watches, you had to take your watch to a uh, basically a mechanic. You had to take your watch to a watchmaker, and they would have to service it, every two to five years, depending on um, a lot of different factors, use and and who made it, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that was a part of your life, just like when you used to take your shoes in and have them resold because shoes used to be made to be resold, and you know you took your, your clothing in and had it altered because you weren't 
you know, clothing was more expensive and not as easily available as it is now. So, um, that was a part of your life to take your watch essentially to your watch mechanic, have him disassemble it, clean it, relubricate it. He uses oil. There's oil on the inside of it. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah. And it's all done with, you know, a loop, basically a little eye magnifier or some, you know, um, magnifying glasses and they disassemble and reassemble them and clean them and replace parts and et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of the connection there. And that's why I think I really enjoy watches um, because it's something I can do in the off season. And sometimes it's something that when cars get really frustrating, which they do, and I don't know how people have cars as a singular hobby because it will drive you mad. Yeah. I really think that it does. It's good to, for me to step away from it for a moment do the watch thing it's very similar but it's on a different scale and the thing too that's cool about watches you know um i have a lot of money invested in this i wouldn't tell people to do that i would tell people to um ask questions buy what you like um doesn't matter if it's cheap or other people don't like it or whatever if you like it that's that's cool you know be be about the hobby explore it um you can buy and sell ebay is a great source for getting rid of stuff if you decide you don't like it um you know, there's forums, there's Facebook pages, there's all kinds of stuff. So don't be afraid to um, check something out if you think it's cool and then and then sell it. Um, you know, I guess it's analogous to cars again, but there's a lot of watch snobs out there. So like if you go and buy a brand like Invicta or something like that, you know, people um, that wear like double-breasted suits and stuff like that will call you a commoner and a loser. Um, which is an unfortunate part of the hobby, which sometimes I have which to get away Which is kind of funny because Invicta makes... They're pretty nice watches for what you be, for the price. For the price, you get quite a bit of watch, and there is a lot of people out there that really despise and talk a lot of shit about that brand. And that's not exclusive to just Invicta. There's tons no. of brands out there that people talk shit about. Um, it's the way it is with cars too, though. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. People are going to get in his fancy sports car and, right. and talk shit about my '84 Dodge right. Omni. He's going to get in his but, GT3 RS with this Rolex Daytona, and he's going to peace out. Right. Well. That's fine. Yep. Uh, I had I had an Invicta in college. My only complaint about it was that it was too big. Like it was yeah, just, a lot like, of them are huge too face. A lot of them are that too big. So obnoxious. Remember that green one I had? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, too, yeah. It was just. It was way too big. So obnoxious. Yep. And you can get. You know. Okay. Now I think there's a lot more smaller options, which are which are nice, and they run on Seiko movements, so um, lots of parts available, um, reliable. I mean. Yeah, I never had an so issue. That's what with I think. It. Is I turned kind around of and sold it for what that. I bought it like, for. Uh, a lot of these watches out there, you know, kind of like engines, they, they all have the same thing inside them. Mm-hmm. It's just what's on the outside that you see that's different from yep. one to the next. Yeah, so there's only so many movement manufacturers because they are extremely complicated. Yeah. And I think I read at one point um, the equipment to make a movement is about $10 million or Swiss francs or whatever it was. And then the R&D to design your own movement was another seven. So there's not a lot of people out there that are just design the thing that drives the hands when I can go to an established manufacturer and just buy it. You know? right. um, th- people are not going to do that. Right. So a lot of people use Seiko movements. A lot of people use um, a company called Eta, uh, which is highly respected. There's another company um, out there that's called uh, Salita. They make a lot of movements. Miyota is a Japanese company that makes movements. I think Miyota is owned by Citizen. And those are mainly your players. I mean, you get like, they make a lot of different things, but basically you've got four options for for manufacturers. There's others, but those are the big ones. Um, You know, and again, analogous to 
LS swaps or, you know, whatever it is, you can, you can also, um, change movements around in watches. A lot of Seikos are, um, built in such a way that you can, you can switch movements, you can switch hands, you can switch faces, you can, yeah, they're modular and you can, a lot of companies have come out and made replacement dials and replacement hands or replacement bezels or whatever it is. And you can, you can change those things and customize customize something. And so, you know, again, it's, it's just like cars again, you're building your own watch for you. And, um, there's some things to be aware of if you go down that rabbit hole i do a lot of research um just because you could you have to take into account like making sure you get it watertight again and some other things that you don't think about plus everything's fucking microscopic yeah, so that bulova hard to keep track of me. that carbon fiber bulova i have clearly has been completely taken apart and put back together has it and then not been sealed properly so there's no oh. moisture in there yep and i think it froze so you can see where like the crystals went up around the bezel or around the face yep and yeah. then, then there's like, a, back. and there's like, um, I don't know if it was just like the, like from the moisture or like the dust or whatever, but you can still see it now. All the outlines are where the crystals were. Huh. So like, if you look at it in just the right light, it's just, you'll see it. You'll see it. I haven't, I haven't taken it apart and cleaned it yet, but probably separated like a, the top layer or something like that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is on the inside. It's just like, it's on the face of the, right. Of the glass or the quartz mm-hmm. on the inside, but yep. So I think. If I was going to do this, because I, I like the idea of watches. I just don't, I don't like stuff on my wrist. It is. I, I can understand nuts. that people don't like that side of it. And the other thing that, one of the things I think is so cool about it is the movements and being able to see it and stuff like that. But it's so tiny that you can't really. Right. I, I think if I was going to jump down this rabbit hole, because I love jumping down rabbit holes. It's one of my favorite things. And never coming back. Right. Uh, I think I would probably do it with clocks. And clocks, actually, clocks is a big one. Um, Probably more expensive. Um, Can be. Look up uh, JLC Atmos. Um, this is a clock that runs on atmospheric pressure only. That's fucking Atmospheric sweet. pressure changes. <laughs> That's so cool. Atmospheric ch- pressure changes are what winds the spring in order to make, in order to make power to power the clock. Right. And I don't... I don't really understand. There's some bellows and some things. I don't really understand how yeah, it works. Yeah. Ten grand, but oh, <laughs> see, that's the problem. That's like but the, see, I found the hydraulic. Watch. I found Shit one. Get out of control. I found so one used fast. for five hundred bucks, and I almost bought it because oh, I could take it you buy to the clockmaker and him. Well, it's there's different levels of these. It's they're not oh, all I'm ten sure. grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was not a definitely not a ten grand one. Um, you know, take it to the watchmaker and another five hundred. Well, that used probably. to be like a a wedding gift type of thing yeah those you know, uh, like clocks people would buy you know when you get married you get a clock but my, you needed a clock my parents have one. you know it's different yeah. it's different and, now. you know you, you, gotta, you gotta go in there and wind it up all the damn time it's just there tick tock tick tock just drives you fucking crazy yeah all day long <laughs> yeah and it's gotta be serviced again yeah, yeah I don't think it's when it breaks you don't just throw it away and buy another one you just no yeah. gosh no um, you know that you know I mean, I've given my dad a ton of shit for it, but uh, that will be an heirloom someday. Right. My dad loves that silly little thing. And that's the cool thing about watches for me is that, you know, I own a watch that was my grandfather's that I never met because he died before I was born. Oh, okay. Um, and I have one from um, my my aunt. She essentially remarried um, or entered into an extremely long-term relationship with another right. man. Yeah, yeah, Married. Yeah. It's essentially married. Whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever it is. Um and I have his, so going back, my grandfather's watch was given to him by WHO, 
when he had been there for oh, that's 20 cool. years. Yeah, so it's got an engraving, 1963 or it's 4. Our local radio station? Radio, media. I mean, do they, radio. Do they have a TV? Yeah, yep, 13. Yeah, 13. yeah, yeah, they do. Yep. They're a um, big media group around here, though. Yep, and then um, my... Yeah, uncle, whatever we want to call him. Um, I have his watch, which was given to him by the Des, Mo- Des Moines Register when he retired. Oh, geez. It's a little, su- a little sore subject. That's <laughs> the touchy, like, a touchy not, subject these right, days. Right. They've changed, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a little. But then I also, somehow I ended up with his his dad's watch, who I never, ever met. And it was given to him by somebody like the Des Moines Register or whatever after 20 years right. when he retired. And, and so, you know, and then I've I've got another watch from 1979 that's, pretty beat up that but it's cool like you know somebody wore this somebody enjoyed it every day for 40 years and then i got it so it carries some sort of weight there i don't i don't know how you explain that exactly the story story means more than the watch yeah it's the same thing as like a vintage car vintage race car i mean think about vintage race car with all those old logs and black and white photos and stuff like that you look at that and go wow this 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 has seen so many things in a longer lifetime than i can even understand um, my grandparents in, I don't need, I don't, they just recently moved. I have no idea what happened to this thing, but up on like up on top of a shelf in their old house, there's been, you know, the entire, my entire life, there's been a skelly clock up there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that clock was given to my grandfather from skelly corporation. Cause he used to own a gas station and a bulk delivery facility. Oh, um, that was skelly. Uh, and, I don't, you know, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it is, but like my dad has, has kind of picked up that Skelly thing and, and we've got, he's got Skelly mo- 11 yeah. billion different Skelly things. And, um, the, that clock, like my dad, he's the type of person, like he wants nothing from my grandparents when they leave. Right. Mm-hmm. When they're, when they're gone, as far as he's concerned, they should have nothing that they need to distribute amongst the children, mm-hmm. but that clock will come home with him at that point. That whatever I don't know what it is. What's so special? I mean, I understand it's Skelly and he collects it, and I don't know exactly what the story behind um, how my grandpa received that clock. But like, that's the only thing that my dad's ever been like. That's not going anywhere. That's his. That's mine. So. Yeah, and and like I said, those things carry carry weight oh yeah absolutely so. i want to send robbie something here i know our internet kind of is a little Sucks. wacky sometimes um but any, if somebody decides to go down this path you know i'm happy to talk to him about it um so i've heard it seems like people i've ruined <laughs> a few people <laughs> working on a couple other people yeah um it seems like this thing that we're gonna pull up here um if robbie ever gets it did you get it yeah i got it let's we'll go ahead and pull it up it and look at the up. this this was on um what was this, ABA, a, ABC News? What yep. is this? Um, ANCX. I don't even know what that is. How accurate? ABS. I don't even know what the hell that is. Anyway, it's what I was thinking of. Um, oh, it's making me agree to a bunch of stuff to look at it. What? Really? That's fine. Deny, well, deny, deny, no, Robbie. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. They, I don't Come even on. know where they got it from. This is a famous thing. Um, is there... Yeah, no. Sorry, hold on. I think this was Dang on a blog it. to watch too. Anytime we rely, there we go. On there we go. Michael's That's what I wanted. Yeah, it there goes down. Go. Okay, 
So anyway, the phases of watch ownership um, seems like everybody <laughs> everybody goes through the same ones. You go through this phase of this like could easily be altered for a lot of things, a lot of I'm things. Sure. But basically, it starts out that you like Seikos and Tag Heuer and other <laughs> shitty Swiss. It says. Um, oh then you go to one decent tags. Swiss, and then buy all the Rolex. It's and then you go through a vintage phase, and then being a smart ass, self proclaimed vintage expert, realizing the watch industry is full of shit, saying been there, like jaded. Um, settling with the one and then you die. And that's... I, Up the hill, down I think that's hill, exactly accurate. Line. You go through a weird phase of like spending too much money and buying stuff that's popular and and et cetera, et cetera. And then you go through a vintage phase and then I think you just go like, why are we doing any of this? This is all stupid. This doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And then you find one that you like and you kind of settle on that. It's all fun. Yeah. It's all supposed to be fun. You gotta fun, have a right? hobby, right? You gotta have a you hobby. You gotta have a hobby. Or a collection. Yeah, I don't like I don't like the collection thing. I'm out on the collection cars, watches. I'm out. He's, you know, how many watches do you have? Mm, only like six or eight. That's a collection. <laughs> That's a collection. Well, it doesn't count That's when I've got collection. when I've got ones that like are heirlooms, and I've got. That's a collection. You know. oh, damn it, Robbie! I'm right there with you. I have like six. That's absolutely a definition. I have two. I have, I have, two, I have two. When you start to include <laughs> things like heirlooms, that's absolutely Damn the it. definition a, of a collection. Nothing to be ashamed of. I had, no, I had, collections are I, fine. I think I had twenty at one point. I love I the idea of collecting. I just don't have any place, room, or money to do that sort of stuff. Here's here's if my I, thing. If I had that, I totally would. Here's my thing, and I think it, the same goes for cars. If you're not going to use it, don't have it. Agreed. There are exceptions. Again, heirlooms are an exception. Right. But if you're not going to use it, sell it. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Marie Kondo but, or whatever it is. Does it bring you joy? I don't know what you're talking about. It's a Netflix series about hoarders. Oh. Little, little, little tiny, like, uh, woman that didn't speak any English. Oh, it's yeah, It's going to be yeah, yeah. racist if I say Korean or Japanese, because I don't know for sure which one. Yeah, yeah, was. I know what Asian. you're talking about, But ti- tiny. And she would come in yeah, and with like a translator, four. and she would tell people, like, does this thing bring you joy? And they'd be like, well, not really. And like, okay, we're going to throw it away. And they'd be like, no, wait, I can't do that. Like, you haven't used it. So she'd go through this. Yeah. And she no, was super nice. and that's the, way to, that's the way to look at it. So I think... So I, have, I have at least one too many watches. So I got two Bolivas. I got that, uh, that Tungsten Geneva. Yep. Uh, the Momo. That one I just bought for everybody for the wedding. But that's my only mechanical one, so I do like that a lot, actually. And it's my only brown watch. I have to have this Momo with the leather, <laughs> yep, with the leather with the black strap. Leather. I know that yep. takes you down a rabbit hole. Yep, too. So I got two leather. Well, the ones are like cheap, so it's leather. So I got brown one, I got black leather one, and then I got my my carbon fiber one, and my precisionist. So I mean, and you can swatch. You can swap watch straps. There's different types of watch straps. See, I don't, I don't leather. Know, there's I don't metal, change. There's NATO straps. There's yeah. all this shit. You can go down this whole thing if you want to. Yeah. Of further customizing, but uh, it has to match your outfit. No, it doesn't. Matter. That's why I get just stainless steel watches now. Stainless steel matches all all of them. Or gold stainless steel. No, gold does not match all. Man, you know what? I had a gold Seiko for a while. Probably the most fun watch I've ever had. But it was fucking huge, and you just look. Why like, do you mean fun? Because it was like it didn't make any sense. It was just this giant gold. It wasn't actually gold. It was gold tone, but like diving Seiko, like, like painfully eighties mobster. Or yeah, kind of like just a little. Little Over stupid. The top? Yeah, it was on top on purpose, so it was right. fun. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, do people look at you and go, "Jesus Christ, we're fucking moron"? Or yeah, it's a look. I, I can't do gold. I, I loved I it. I cannot do gold. It was SRPC forty four. That's the other thing you start getting into. Yeah, model numbers I and de- shit. I'm definitely not there. Date ranges from serial numbers and stuff. 
I used to be able to tell you most of the numbers for the Momos. Don't do it. I can't. I can't anymore. Don't do it. But if you want to, let me know. I'll be your dealer. For a long time, I was like collecting stereo parts, car audio yeah, stuff to like, have them. Yeah. Like I have, I have, I have owned lots of pretty high end sub woofers that I never used. Yep. I never used. Some of them never even <laughs> came out of the box. And so like that turned it's into the same thing. It turned into a problem, like it's a legit total problem. But like Robbie's seen what happens when I start collecting shit. The next thing you know, I got two hundred fucking nerf guns. Yeah, storage yeah. unit of them. And two hundred different types. I'd be interested to know I still have most of them. What other people collect. Because I think there's yeah. a lot of again. There's an analogy there. There's a parallel. Yeah. I'd be interested to know what the people listen to this on the group collect. Yeah, that, I hope that is the big guns. takeaway here. I want to know what other people I hope collect. It's guns. You're, you and maybe well, like we'll get we'll two. get guns and knives. That'll be the other two because I went through a knife phase for a while. Yeah, a lot of people have knives and guns. Yeah. And I'm down. I'm down quite a few knives. I still got a uh, bench made, but bench made in a Kershaw. But I'm down. I don't have many. Never gone anymore. down the knife thing. If I have a knife, I'll probably cut myself. My uh, <laughs> the multiple scars in my hands prove that. So no, I, like, I don't even carry a utility blade at work. No. Like everybody I work with does. Not you. And so I just go here. Open this. Here, you cut this. You open this. Nice. Right. I got my one butterfly it's knife when I was fourteen. And that's I was gonna say it sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a safety thing. <laughs> this is their problem. If they cut themselves, that's on them. You I've, fell out the I've been to the ER enough for this is somebody else's problem. <laughs> low risk behavior. Yeah, low exactly. risk behavior. Yep. Exactly. So anyway, I'll drop that. But that's why. I'll explain to people why and the analogy between watches and cars and how I got there. I think that's it. Let's do a couple news stories. Did you so I I well, I have to ask. Yeah. You went to a convention? Yes. Is that like a it wasn't like an a, auto it was, show? It was more like a. Um, is that like the Chicago kind of, auto show? It was kind of like that, but it was for is it small brands like a lot brands of vendors. That, but is it is vendors? It, yeah. Is it a flea market or is no it new? A, is it a swap meet or a car? No show or um, an auto show. It's like an auto show. So it's it's Closer. manufacturers and stuff like that? yeah. So but, it's like PRI. Yeah. Yes, but yes, it's Much like smaller. that. But it's like small PRI. small brands. Okay. Yes. That's cool. It's cool that that's a thing. That. Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like going to a gun show. No, because that's no. It's more. Th- it's that's, more than that. Gun shows are swap meets. Are they? It's yeah. Oh, this I, is, I, I not assume it's in between. It's in between. It's not manufacturers oh. selling guns. It's it's. I've never been to a gun show. I just saw that Creative Arms went to a gun show. Oh, you've been I, to the gun show, Robbie. Well, yeah. The, every time we walk, gun show every, every time we walk into this house, we're in the gun it's show. The gun show, but no. <laughs> but yeah, so if that. Is the kind of stuff you're that interested in. That sounds cool. But this, it is cool, but at the like, same time. Is there time, a bunch of really douchey people yeah, there? Yeah. That's <laughs> the thing that sucks about watches. So there were a lot that, of Porsches. No, not at this because it's, so it's pretty BMWs. small. A lot, probably a lot of BMWs. Yeah. Okay. It was in Chicago, so I didn't get to see the parking lot. That's fair. But that is the thing that sucks about watches. Is just is, is like 100 people, 1,000 people? Mm, at any given time, maybe 100, but like oh, okay. traffic through, yeah, probably yeah. Well, you know, way more than that. Yeah, right, well right. into the thousands. But it's I'm not sure. like. You're not taking over a convention hall. No, no. It was convention like a room? No, it was like an art space thing. Oh. As you can think about Chicago, the kind of crap that they would have. But yeah, like an art it was like, like an gallery. art gallery thing that they had they had rented for this event. Oh, okay. Because that's about the right size for yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you got tables okay. and stuff and you're just showing showing stuff off booths basically. Most expensive watch you put on last weekend. Um just 
for, oh, for funsies. Uh, $17,000 uh, Bulgari uh, Octo Finissimo because I have to go into Bulgari and torture myself every Chill time I'm in a big city. Change. I'm surprised. It's, yeah, I was going to say. Why don't you I, own I thought, a Cadillac? You know, I don't I don't think I like Cadillac I anymore. feel like that would be the cheapest route to Bulgari ownership for you. <laughs> <laughs> an old Escalade? You should get an old Escalade. Like when when they're putting $100,000 yeah. watches on your wrist, yeah. you could just buy a $10,000 Escalade. Escalade. Like, that's a good point. It's cheaper than the watch. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, that's a grail watch for me, but it's really hard to just... I mean, even if, you know, say, say something crazy happened, you got a $20,000 bonus, you're going to turn around and spend it on a... On a watch. watch, and then you're done. I think that you could spend it on worse things. That is true. Yeah, because it's. I mean, I don't know. Do these things? Is it like when you buy a car, like you you put it on your wrist and you walk out the door, and now it's worth thirty percent less? Depends on what it is, but no, probably not. Well, yeah. with the one you're t- like, if I bought no, a twenty thousand dollar, not the one that I bought. If, if, no, no, it's you probably know, still worth almost the same. ninety percent of that. And and in five years, will it be worth more or less? Might be worth more, so that's not a bad place to put money. I don't want to tell people to do that, but I don't. <laughs> no, think, I yeah, know. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it's not yeah, an investment. It's not an investment. But yeah, like there's stuff that I have bought that um, has appreciated. I haven't sold it, so it's not like I've made money. But it's yeah. like it's worth more now that I that I bought it for because I mainly buy used. Um, well, car guys do that shit yeah, all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy cars just to flip them. Yep. Um, so that stuff's out there, but then you kind of run the risk of, you know, do you like that or do a bunch of other people like that and you're seeking affirmation from them so that you no, can I'm be cool. I'm just trying to make a little extra money so I can buy something <laughs> else that I do like. Maybe, yeah. But you have to go into, you know, Omegas or something like that, Bulgari. That's not a great one. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry about they're it. All, they're all, I they're wouldn't all expect you to nothing be able to I would that. even look at. Um, there's stuff out there that's not popular and if you pay retail for it, you may take... 50% in the shorts and do you like it that much? Do you care? I, Are you going to sell it? All I right. have never ever in my life made a decision based on whether or not I'm going to make money on it. Yeah. Here's a question. Which is not something that I probably should be proud of. But <laughs> <laughs> what I find weird are the ones that are thousands of dollars. Yep. But they have rubber um, bands. So... Because I, I can't a good point. I can't wear a rubber rubber a band as a not watch guy screams cheap watch to me. But that's the problem because they're not like this the, this bull, uh, Bulgari I have up right now is a, at that price on this one buy it now is twenty five hundred dollars with a rubber band. And you can get Momos are that you way can too. get Rolexes Most, on rubber that are that are solid gold that are you know twenty five thirty thousand dollars. Bands are so not good. I don't like them. And that, that's that's been one thing I'd ne- like. I'll have I'll have an interest in basically any type of watch as long as, long as it doesn't have a rubber. See the weird thing. <laughs> the weird thing about whoa. <laughs> the weird thing about rubber bands um, is that they they at one point served a function. So all watches at one point were derived from something that served a, pu- a function. So they they came from dive diving. Yep, dive watches. You right know. back when Rolex was a tool watch company and not a watch for tools <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said it because I was getting ready that's um, where I was headed with it but yeah you know you, you you would put it on a rubber strap because it had a long tail on it yep. and you could wrap it around your wetsuit you know and then you could take it off you could put it on your wrist um, 
it still used the same strap and and obviously the rubber's water resistant as yeah. opposed to leather and it's a little easier to deal with than a metal band that may not have an expansion joint in it so you know it made sense and then you know 40 50 years ago 40 years ago 30 years ago watches were not a luxury item um that's something that's come about as a result of some amazing marketing oh, yeah. and a lot of rap music <laughs> honestly um, that's not even true because like newman didn't rap well yeah true i mean it, but that's that's marketing i mean rolex yeah, picked up fair. on the fact that newman wore a rolex and so, or, or just people in general so was there a point in time where rolexes were reasonable yeah i mean you could if you talk about when the submariner came out which is probably the most popular rolex of all time you know i don't want to say a normal guy could buy one but I think at one point somebody did the math or I did an inflation calculator or something like that, but it was like sixteen or $1,700 equivalent in 1960, which I understand is for a lot of people, they go, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, really? Who's spending yeah, but like, money? if it's a tool, yeah, your, life literally change, changes your everything. life literally depended on it. Yeah, because like, how many mechanics do we know who right. spent way more than that? Right. Like, I, I have a couple thousand dollars in tools, and I don't yeah. even need to have my own tools for the job I work right. at. So I use my own tools, but that's different. You know the 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 Navy. I don't want to say exactly who because I'll I'll get it wrong. But you know, governments, militaries, etc., yeah, yeah, etc., yeah. would buy watches from Rolex and Tudor, which is a sub brand Rolex, and they were expensive, and they bought them because they worked. That's always worth the money, right? That's worth the money because people's lives depended on it, and you know, missions depended on it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, in the last. 10 years, the cost of a Rolex Submariner has doubled from 4000 to 8000 or a little more than 8000 New? Yeah. Oof. So, But you can imagine back in 2008-ish, spending $4,000 on a Rolex, it's still a lot of money, don't get me wrong. It's but crazy that's money. way better, it's way easier to spend like than $8,500. I guess. I mean, it's a lot of money. It's oh, a yeah. ton of money. Buy a pretty decent car. Yeah. And it's it's just, you know, it's luxury branding. They can get away with it. They figured out how to do it. I mean, there's stuff that sells on the, you know, you literally buy it and then you turn around, you put it on eBay and you doubled your money. You went, you, sp- you spent $12,000, you turn around and sold it for $25,000 the next day. So people are prospecting them just like they do cars, new cars. Right. So. I've even heard, I've heard rumors Ugh. that people who run hedge funds will buy watches and flip them. Because you just made 100% profit in, in in a day, essentially. And, like, buy money with hedge fund? Or buy these watches with hedge fund money? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And then flip them. So you can basically do whatever you want in a hedge fund. As long as it's making money. Hmm. So, that's the part about it that sucks. But if you go into it and saying, I really like this, I'm excited about this, I get enjoyment out of this, that's great. Oh, one weird thing that uh, Oakley did with their rubber bands, they impregnated smells into them. That's the stupid. That's thing too far. Why would they do that? I don't know. But he was selling me on it. I was like, no, no, seriously. I just want to look at this ridiculous stainless steel one. I have no interest in buying it. It's way overpriced in my opinion, and it's ugly. I just want to see it. He's like, we should check out this rubber one. It smells Oakley like vanilla. Has made so many. Oakley is a brand things. is a weird, weird. Thing. Didn't Oakley start out as like a? They had like a Sun- purpose. Uh, Say like safety sunglasses yeah, or they, something. They're like sport, sport gear, sport, I thought. Surf gear or something. 
It's, yeah, that's I don't know, but they used to make one that went under your race helmet, and instead of coming out around and going over your ears, mm-hmm. like they they came off the top of both of the lenses and went straight up and over your head. I'm out. Yeah, I remember those. Oh, man. And there used to be like this guy who was a pro mod driver back when pro mods were cool. Uh, and he was sponsored by Oakley. And he'd yeah. get, you know, they they get it to the to the big end of the racetrack and you're getting out of your car and the guy's running over there with the mic and the video camera. You still get that shit on. Yeah, and he pulls his helmet off and he's rocking these, this like, <laughs> these like bleach blonde hair with like this stupid flat top cut. And these Oakleys that come up and straight over his head just rocking them, dude. It was so cool was when 90s? I was like eight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was the 90s. It was the sure. oh, greatest. I loved it. Oakley, over-the-top sunglasses on eBay right now. Buy it now price. $9.99. I was going to say- Is there a decimal? No, that was a straight-up number. It was $1,000. I was going to say $500. In the middle, $7.56. Oh, Damn, son. Got a picture of him, Robbie? Yeah, I want Michael to see Let me pull him up. I think I remember seeing somebody wearing the, It oh. looks like the ones oh, Vin Diesel yeah, wore. Yeah, yeah, uh, no. Pitch black. It looks on like what you wore on pitch black. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't yeah. what I was thinking it was. That's horrible. They come straight up and over your head. That's a bad deal. <laughs> I feel sorry for people if they wear those. Go wear them under your race car helmet. You don't even have to would, take them off. No, it would feel weird on the top. Yeah, I mean, the helmet rests awful. on your head. It feels weird. Yeah, but when you're an Oakley-sponsored driver, you do what you got to do. And Here's the watch I was looking at. I love it. It's so good. Yeah, I think they're the weirdest band. Yeah, it's a little out of control. Just it's like a gaudy. Gaudy is probably the right word. Yep. So Oakley's, too loud Oakley's, for my Oakley's my, good. my preference here. It's so ridiculous. Anyway, let's move it on. How about yeah, that? Let's do the news. Oakley's kind of like news. Harley. Apex Pro. Ugh. Just build really crazy stuff. Put crazy money on it. And people buy it because it's Oakley. Yes. It's kind of like Harley. Made out of white Harley plastic. accessories. Definitely the accessories. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Yeah. Not the bikes. It's a brand. But I'm it's talking brand. about the accessories. Yeah, right. the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's a the look. lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. There you it's go. not a look. It's a lifestyle. There you yep. go. Lifestyle like brand. So, you okay. News. Tesla. Okay. Yes. Let me start over. Sorry, I wasn't okay. paying attention. As Tesla's age, we are starting to see longevity problems. Yes. So, <laughs> well, yeah. because But, like, one of the things that everybody, like... One of the things that people are why are we why do we have noise? Yeah, what are you doing? What's happening? I didn't do anything. It would have to be Mike it's or you. Robbie's computer. What's because going Robbie's on? computer is the only one that gets audio to. I'm us. not hooked up to anything. He's not hooked up to anything. Sorry, guys. We'll have to chase this down later. Your, I'm not it's, seeing it's it. It's your website for this um, this article. Yeah, it's it has a video be, it's halfway down. Be an ad. Oh, it, sorry, it's not playing on the uh, <laughs> recording. I didn't know what you. I thought you guys had a buzz. No, oh, it's, okay. ignore us. Sorry. Moving on. It's a video. Yeah, I was nice. going to say halfway, so, halfway down there's a video. One of the things that people are trying to sell every, the public on for electric cars is their simplicity. And In theory. The problems that the, that the Tesla, that these Teslas in specific that they're talking about having isn't the electric engine. It's not the, nope. the mechanicals of the car as a car. Correct. Uh, but it's, so it only has so many read-write cycles to its, to its brain. Right, yes. and that's what they were talking about, and like it goes through, through so many read write cycles so rapidly because it's doing so many things, and it wears them out in, I mean, a relatively short period of time, like four or five years. And then these these brains that control important parts of the car, which I don't know that they really defined what it. So it's yeah. So did it, they say? 
uh, it's somewhere in the article. I'm not going to scroll through it and close this for it. But that's fine. But it's basically a chip that's soldered to the ECU. Yep. So it's not something you can just go in and be like, "Yeah, we'll do you know a quick change on this." No, it's it's the ECU that has all of your information for that specific car, the VIN number, all that stuff. So it's VIN specific. So it's not like you can just go out and swap out your ECU and fix it. It's not that easy, especially in a car with this complicated electronics. Yeah. So when these when these go bad, it's the equivalent of a phone bricking itself. Right. It's a Except big deal. It's in your car. It's your car. So you, it, it's it's basically being your phone being obsolete in two years, your car's obsolete in four. So I think that this is one of those deals that drives me nuts as the old soul that I am. And it, it's kind of a, a result of technology for the sake of technology. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Teslas are are over the top high tech cars yes. because that's what they are. That's the that's what they've built as a brand, and and so this this computer has so much information coming to it so rapidly, so often that it can't handle it for long periods of time. It's just like I quit. I'm done. With yeah, this wears, shit. it just wears out. Right, and it's also a huge <clears throat> oversight when it comes to design because. You could have designed around is it? this. Absolutely. Is it? The, the flash stuff, like, again, I'm not an electronics expert, never pretend to be. I'm a mechanical guy. But based on my understanding of how this is set up, the flash that they're using to do these rewrites on, they knew this was going to happen. This is a huge yeah, oversight. I will never, ever, ever believe that that companies today don't build things with the intention of them failing over a period of time. You don't believe that they do that with the expectation that they'll fail? No, I will never believe, I will never believe that companies don't do that because the only negatives here are confusing me. (laughs) They do it. They do it. They do it. Yeah. Obsolescence. Absolutely. On purpose. And I'm not convinced that's not what's going on here. Fair enough. So there was a, there was somebody who, who is some sort of, some sort of Tesla repair technician who tweeted directly at Elon Musk about this problem. Yep. And he just nonchalantly dis- dismisses it. Yes. Like his, his re- reply to that tweet was, it'll be better. That's well, all he said. What will be better? The, the new ones that I have to buy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, let me trade this car in. Yeah. No, no. it's bricked. Yeah. Which means that now not only do I have to buy a new Tesla, but they can't make it to the used car market because they're junk already. Yes. I wonder like, why the used ones were so expensive still. Just I like just my phones. Had a lot of concerns about buying a, what, six-year-old Tesla now? Don't Five-year-old do Tesla? I mean, I mean honestly, but they're still don't like, do But they're it. still like 50 grand. That doesn't surprise me at all. But what are you getting for 50 grand? I mean, where's your guarantee? There isn't one. Yeah. That seems crazy. You know, and and I realize that that these cars are very, very, very early in a development cycle. They are. You know, I mean, even even when you like when GM or Ford or whoever builds a car, uh, even if it's a ground up new platform, it's still not as new as a Tesla because they've been building cars for a hundred years and they know some of the mistakes not to make. They know what they can and can't do to make these things work. And Tesla's got to learn that. And I realize that I, it, it is what it is, but like, I don't know, man, 
that just seems like they're dismissing or that, you know, his dismissive nature towards that tweet and and the fact that I'm quite convinced of planned obsolescence doesn't surprise me at all. Conspiracy. I'm yeah. I, I get, but at the same time, I have a hard time. I have a real hard time with a company that's that quick on obsolescence. I mean, the fact that... Well, and, and this I is, mean, this you have to think of this as a piece of technology, not a car. Which exactly, because it's exactly what it is. Computers and phones and all that stuff. I mean, dude, I've been having... All sorts of issues. With All your- sorts of issues with my phone as of recent. Oh yeah, that have that have no explainable reason. Right, and this this computer is not going to get faster. It will eventually get slower to the point where I have to replace it. Yeah, your Tesla is going to do the same thing. Yeah, and and it's not just like eh, some you know it's not like it's, they can recall it. But like eh, some of these cars they're going to have this. Every single one of these cars will feel will have to deal with this eventually. It could be four years. It could be twenty years. It's a ticking time bomb. Well, I think it's a. I mean, they they might know a number of how many flashes it takes to get there, right? And, and the, there'll be a percentage variance for every device, right? You know, so Sometimes yeah, it, it, lucky. it depends on how many miles, how, what you've done with it, whatever. But still, it's a hundred percent failure rate eventually, eventually. right? Well, not everything has a hundred percent failure enough. rate eventually. <laughs> fair but enough. Like this is a, a this has this has a timeline that's reasonable. Yeah, and a timeline unreasonable. That, a timeline that they. That they probably could have predicted when it was manufactured. I'm I'm sure that somebody at Tesla knows the answer, the number. They know exactly how many flashes it takes before right. it fails, and they know how many that car does in a, in short periods of time. But this also brings up the the fact that you know as we march towards an autonomous future, that the length of time that we're going to be able to use those cars is going to drop. Mm-hmm. You know, because just like you can't use a electronic device for 15 years, you, you aren't going to be able to use a car that long. Nope. It's just not going to work that long. Well, I don't think like new Audi A8s last that long. I mean, how long does that car last before yeah, it doesn't make a lot of those are mechanical failures too. It's. Well, are they though? I mean, is, well, is it mechanically failing, or is a series of sensors and programming failing? And you know, it's it's fixable, but at what cost? And then eventually, so you know, people say, "I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay for this anymore." Right. I know that like, um, there's a lot of a lot of the quality issues that I had with my Audi were as much physical parts that were not intelligent that were mm. failing you know like I talked about this with a couple of uh, a couple of guys on Facebook not that long ago the dipstick tube from from the top of the engine down to the block was fucking plastic mm-hmm. hard plastic of course so it's, it's gonna, gonna break. break and one time I was checking my oil as you do and it fucking broke Guess what? I can't drive this car for three days because the dealership doesn't stock it. So I had to order it from ECS Tuning. Yeah, you know, and then the uh, using hard plastic coolant elbows and uh, stuff like that that mm-hmm. fail eventually. And it gets to a point at at some point where like I can't open the hood of this car without something breaking. Get it out of my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. I still had, I had a ton of problem with math sensors. I had a ton of problem with 
with electronic things, you know, fuel pumps and, and all kinds of stuff. But like, I also had to deal with a bunch of non-intelligent parts failing. And I think, uh, as we march towards trying to be ever cheaper to manufacture things to increase our profit margin, you're going to get more and more and more of this hard plastic bullshit. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what brand, probably Volkswagen at some level, I heard somebody was using some sort of plastic composite oil pan. That sounds fucking stupid. Yeah, who was that? It was recent. Yeah, I think we talked I'm about, sure it was. I think we talked about it on the show. Man, I really want to say it's Porsche. I want to say, I think you're be. right with Volkswagen. It, it, I almost guarantee it falls under the Volkswagen um, uh, group. That, say, that sounds right to me. But somebody was using a hard plastic oil pan. That's not going to work. What could possibly go wrong? It's going to get brittle after heat cycle after heat because oil gets hot, people. Deuce flash. Huh. You know, now that you mentioned it, it does get kind of warm. Yeah. It's not just the coolant that, that heats up in that engine. Nope. And so heat cycle after heat cycle, that shit's going to break for sure. Oh, yeah. And one day you're going to hit a rabbit and you're going to dump all your oil all over the road. You know, there's a lot of potholes out there. That too. But like, even if the car's got a bash plate and it's built up and stuff like that, eventually it's going to break. Yeah. That plastic's not going to last. No. I mean, Volkswagen had a hard time building cast oil pans that didn't crack. Cast Michael's probably either. halfway lucky he got out of the other side of his VR6 ownership. <laughs> Two of them. Without, <laughs> Two of them. Without having that happen. Yeah. Or you, you did have one crack? No, I had an, I had the Audi and the oh, okay. VR6. The VR the VR six engines were like really notorious for having, um, for cracking oil pans. Jeez. I think that's because everybody slammed the shit out well, of. Well, there's that too. And yeah, I mean that motor in that engine bay. It's it's lower in that engine bay than the 1.8T because it's a bigger engine, and so it has to be. With the SR20s, it was that way too because Gretty makes a cast aluminum, uh, baffled larger oil pan that right. everyone goes to. But it's cast aluminum, so it doesn't take much to crack. Yeah, on. I think that's what the Volkswagen was too. And like, I could flick that and crack it. it but then, yeah, when you drop it low or do anything, it, it doesn't take much to break it. Yeah. So as a performance part, yeah, very expensive because it's ready. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to some happier news. News. Nuge. Nuge. <laughs> news. The Man, Nuge? I'm tired. Ted Nuge. We could do the Nuge. Hell yeah, dude. We talked to the Nuge. Nuge, want to come on? Yeah, I would That'd totally be talk sick, to him. dude. He'd probably drive one of these. <laughs> he would. I'm sure he has lots of Dodge products. I God, I hope so. America. Uh, yeah. Long story short, uh, Dodge has produced 500 million horsepower. This is not the greatest. <laughs> who who came up with this? How who? do you track that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of. You get an intern. Digging. Yeah. 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 You just get a yeah exactly you get an intern. That's what you don't pay somebody. Nothing. Somebody's sitting in an office. They probably There's know. Someone's sitting in a meeting like, how many horsepower do you think we've made? Like, intern. I got, I got an intern. He's gonna figure that out. He's got a whole week. It's gonna cost us like thirty bucks. It'll be fine. <laughs> Over a billion hamburgers sold and a half a million or hundred five hundred million horsepower. That's so America. Good. America. <laughs> 500 million horsepower. Get out of they, here. They probably know engine production numbers from every year. That, yeah, so if back you're at, to if you're who at knows Dodge, when. I bet you could look that up. And then you just got to put it in a sp spreadsheet. Yeah, really. Know, it'll probably like, take you a couple days and then yeah. you're done. Yeah. You just need production numbers for like total production numbers yep. and your rated horsepower numbers for those engines and a math equation. 
That would, yeah. So if you, if you had all that, it'd be no problem. Right. Sure, it was relatively simple. It's the best. It's good. It's so funny. And then the other thing I love about this, uh, so they were hoping to make it by the end of 2019 so that, you know. Finish finish the year strong. Finish the year strong. And then then they were going to probably use that in a bunch of their advertising campaigns and stuff like that for 2020. And uh, they got there a few months ahead of time. And one of the things they attributed to that is they're running this deal, which I haven't heard of, but I think it's fantastic. It's $10 per horsepower off of your car. And that's awesome. Is there any more Seven. of an American, like, America sale? If you spend more, you, if you, if the you more, buy more horsepower, you save, save more, more money. money. $10 per horsepower. Seven grand <sighs> off your new charger. It's so good. It's the or best. Challenger. The best. Congrats to Dodge. Every once in a that's while. Fun. Plus you add on, like, dealer incentives and all that other stuff on top of that. That's good value. I'll go buy a Dodge. Yeah. That's good value. <laughs> Get scat pack. Hell yeah. Take my Take twelve grand off your brand new uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'd get a three ninety two for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You ever notice how fucking loud those things are? Do you ever just be sitting so in your car and you just get blown up by a Dodge product? A Hemi product? Yeah. Is that is that happened to you guys? I don't. It happens to me all the damn and time. I'm, I'm never like, ever mad about it. It's because like, you're in a fucking Porsche. I'm like, why is that shit so loud? It's because you're it's in good. a fucking Porsche. They no, don't do that to you in a blazer. Yeah. Probably not. It's true. <laughs> I'll be honest, our parking lot at work looks like a Dodge dealer. <laughs> There's like four challengers. No. Five challengers. Yeah. And when they leave work and I'm just every time I'm just like Come on, yeah, let's light them up. Don't waste they never, my time. They never do. What's it? the point of buying one if you're going to do burnouts? The one guy daily drives it. Got, part of 500 million horsepower. Don't you understand? Yeah, we want to. You have a legacy to uphold. Yeah, it's not really an option. Burn all tires. Yeah, that's what that means. Yes, destroy all tires. So, well, happy Murica to everybody listening. Yeah, and we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>